0: Welcome to Health Tech Hustle, we exist to share stories of the brave entrepreneurs helping to solve the most important problems in digital health today. We interview top leaders in health tech and bring them onto our show each week to listen and learn from their story with your host, Rodney Hu, founder of 209 Digital.
1: Hello and welcome to another awesome episode of Health Tech Hustle. Today I'm joined by Mr. Ryan Whittem. He is the CEO and co founder of Paper Curve, which is a cloud software company that simplifies promotional reviews for regulated industries, including pharmaceuticals and cannabis. And so I'm excited to have him on today and just kind of allow him an opportunity to share his story and see what we can learn from him. So, with that being said, Ryan, welcome to the show. Thanks. Happy to be here. No problem. So why don't we just get started? Why don't you give people a quick background of who you are and how you got into health tech?
0: Sure. So my background is going way back is in design and you know user experience design and graphic design. So that's where you know that's what I went to school for and got excited about. i have always been a creative person. I like solving problems. So that's where I started. Uh, you know, I uh, started an agency. Uh, coming out of school, moved into financial services, just sort of fell into it. I worked at a, a large bank, BMO Bank of Montreal in Canada, known as BMO Harris in the US. So spent from there, that, that's where I really made the switch from being a designer to a product manager. And so the product manager, it's it's sort of a greater responsibility. You're you're responsible for the metrics and making sure, you know, making sure you build the right product, not that you build the product. So uh, that's where the focus was, you know, but that was a a large organization. There's a lot of moving parts. And from there, I wanted to go do my own startup. I have two great partners in the business paper curve that they really, you know, bring a lot of experience in different areas. You know, Jeff really brought the pharmaceutical experience, um, life sciences experience, which I didn't have. And then Tony, our, our CTO, really strong engineering background, uh, which I didn't have. So between the three of us, you know, we felt we could make a, a pretty viable business.
1: All right, so you got someone with the tech background, you got someone with the healthcare background. So, what is your day-to-day responsibilities and your role in the position in the company?
0: Yeah, sure. So, the, fair to say, I have, you know, I have the two hats. So, I'm the CEO. So, there's things like you know, I have to approve financials and do those really like higher level executive things that are important. You know, keeping a look on the hiring and the the headcount, financials, sales, like all aspects of the business. But where my background and expertise come in and where I sort of probably take the seat of maybe someone we might hire is really around the product management and the design. So I'm really making sure that the product is being steered in the right direction and making sure that we're solving people's problems and the product's getting better. So it's pretty easy to build a lot of stuff. It's a lot harder to make sure you build the right thing and the right priority um, in a way that makes sense. It's inherently messy to build software that way, but it's the right way to build it.
1: Nice. So how did you go about creating the idea of paper curve and then actually creating a whole company out of it?
0: So Jeff, one of my co-founders, he worked in, you know, pharmaceuticals in a, a a fast-growing life sciences company and he worked at a company called Highland Therapeutics and his experience there was they were, you know, five employees and it grew to 50 and they had all these people that need to approve all kinds of documents along the way, so it could be marketing or it could be something for uh, different applications, and you, know, you need all these people to sign off. And a bunch of you know, very you know, the failure to to do that right was was huge. It could be a fine, or it could be the FDA, the hammer coming down. So was, they had to be really careful about it. And so it started with email approving things in email, and, and then over time it became you know too much. So we looked at systems out there, and they were like hundreds of thousands, possibly millions of dollars to, to get going and run annually. You have to hire a third-party IT company to configure them. And then once you actually saw the software, it was really hard to use. You needed to train people. Each person had to pay something like $500 a year just to you know, get the training, which is crazy. It's like Your software is so hard to use that you, need, you know, for the pleasure, you, you get to pay $500 for training. And so he said, I think there's a business opportunity here. And so I, I think your question is how do you jump, how do you make that leap from maybe is this an idea that we should do and how do you pursue it? I leaned on a really famous book called Sprint. It's by a bunch of uh, Google Ventures guys that basically it's a it way to in 5 days validate a business idea from start to finish. Because uh, I was working at the bank at the time and I wasn't sure you know, if I would make the leap. I don't know anything about life sciences, anything about healthcare. So you know, who am I to say this is a, a great idea? And so the steps go something like this. The, the first day, oh, so, so I said, Jeff, get me a room full of people, you know, four or five that are part of the flow, that understand the problem, and let's hash it out. So he says, okay, I can do that. So we get a boardroom in a, in a co working space. We get the five people, um, it's him and me. And so the first day, we just say, look, lay out your process end to end, start to finish on like a whiteboard with sticky notes and things like that. They say, okay, so here's all the people involved and here's all the steps. And now I say, now, what are all the pain points along the way? And we go through and identify like, well, there's this pain and that pain. And we take those pain points. We, it's sort of like uh, put it in a positive light. We say, now put it in the words, how might we? How might we improve, you know, this aspect or how might we get approvals faster? How might we speed up the referencing process? How might we consolidate feedback? Because um, they were saying, "Well, we would get hundred comments. How do I consolidate all that feedback so quickly?" So we did that, and then drilled down on what were the biggest pain points. And we, when we looked at those pain points, um, we got it down to two. We said we think we can solve that with software, and so we went away. I designed some prototypes, and we got different people, and we said we want you to go through your, your process that you already did, today, but but do it in paper curve. So we hadn't built the software; it's just like a, a simple prototype. Spent a couple of days whipping it up. And uh, you know, we got it sort of halfway there, and, and but we got a lot of feedback. So we made another prototype, got a bunch more feedback. And then I think by the third time we sort of had it right. And from there it's just really like scaling back. Don't build anything you don't need to build. And um, we built the software. We got some early adopters and um and that was it. So yeah, it's a really great process. Uh check it out. It's it's uh the book name of the book is Sprint by I think its name is Jake Knapp. And it's a great way to test a hypothesis of should you solve this problem without spending weeks, months,
1: years, not sure, or worse, making the leap without really knowing. Yeah. So first being able to go through an entire process of mapping out what is actually there, and then being able to identify the problems there. And then even from those problems, trying to filter down the important problems, right. And how you're able to solve them before you even go to start creating anything.
0: Exactly. So we, we got them to kind of prioritize the problems, right? We, we gave them a bunch of little red dots and we said, put red dots on the biggest problems, right? And so the ones that had the most dots kind of float to the top and you say, okay, there's smaller problems here. Don't, don't waste your time with those. These are the big problems. These are the things that take a lot of time or cost a lot of money.
1: Nice. So you mentioned you're the CEO. You got the pharmaceutical guy. You got the CTO guy. Is it just you three still, or how big is your team now?
0: Yeah. So we're seven people now. So we're we're going fast. It's a combination of you know a, a few full time people and a few you know, you know contractors. We really try to keep the contractors engaged we let them we let them know what's what's going on with sales and you know what's our quarterly goals and what's going on so we really try to make it a, a pretty cohesive team with the covid 19 crisis it was we were able to get guys that they, we, we have them mostly full-time which is great we've experimented with guys that are doing it you know outside of their day job and moonlighting um, you know that's sort of less successful they they're not you know they don't have the same number of hours they can devote so yeah we're about seven.
1: Nice. So you have your team in place, you identified the problem, and you already started creating the solution to that problem. Now, what strategies have you used or what strategies have you had the most success with, with actually getting that product to the market and actually getting testers and feedback to constantly improve and optimize?
0: There's basically two areas where we get the feedback. The first is the sales channel. So we have a lot of demos with prospective clients, and you get a lot of you know, we call them objections. So it's like, well, but it does does it do this or does does it do it this way? Or I really, this is really important to me. So that's one area of feedback. The other is from our users themselves because we're a small company. We don't hide it. They understand they have influence on the product. So we make a lot of time for our users to you know give feedback. We we I said you know there's a few people that will give me time every every couple of weeks and they say this is what's going on you know, we try to, this new feature, love it, or this, this is a big pain point we're not having, or we have this new type of person who's coming in and, you know, they have a, they have a slightly different use case. So um, yeah, we truly try to gather a lot of feedback, less that like analytics feedback where you're just hiding. It's more that like really, you know, try to get some face time with them and and get them to understand their, get to understand their pain
1: and their problems a little better. Okay. Awesome. And so when you're first starting out and you're trying to get your product out there and get people using it so that you can get that feedback, are you just trying to send it out to everyone or anyone who'd be interested in it? Or are you focusing on one specific sort of audience or avatar, so to say?
0: Yeah. One piece of advice I give to any startup is don't try to be everything to everyone. Focus on who your customer is. It doesn't mean you can't pivot as a company, but if you say... like you know we have a broad feature set it could use it could work in different industries and you know we've had sales people say like you know what about oil and gas and what about banking what about this maybe but we we know that we have a sense that it works for this audience for this type of person so yeah i'd say find that one customer give them a name give them a persona and say this is it's you know Mary the marketer and this is her problem and this is this the pain we solve so yeah i'd say stay focused don't don't try to be everything to everyone
1: Nice. And another thing that I'm curious about as a startup is in the very beginning, are you kind of just learning as you're going and just optimizing, or are you creating your systems and processes upfront and then starting to implement those? Or at which stage do you start creating the systems and processes versus just hitting the ground running?
0: Yeah, I think definitely it starts hitting the ground running. L- let me give you an example. When we release a new feature, when you have no customers, it's really easy, you just release the feature. Mm-hmm. When you have one or two customers, maybe give, you know, it's an email, you give them a heads up. As you scale up, then it's like, oh, maybe there's different levels in the change. If it's um, some bug fixes, you know, maybe you send a note to people that have complained about it. If it's a, something that actually changes a core function of how they use the software, you maybe you have to say, Well, pump the brakes. We need to demo it for you. I need you to understand it because I don't want you to log in one day and be totally freaked out. And then there's maybe a middle ground where it's like, hey, we have this new feature. This is how it works. You, you know, uh, Here it is. So that's an example where we, we evolve from like really ad hoc to really locking it down. We have an email that goes out the morning of the release. We give a heads up to people as much as we can before. And then depending on the severity, we sort of manage, manage the change beforehand. So that's really an example where change has evolved over time.
1: Okay. <laughs> And so as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, one thing that I like to learn from is not just how people succeed, but also their failures and how they're able to overcome them. So can you kind of speak on some of the obstacles and roadblocks that you faced in this journey so far as an entrepreneur and how you're able to overcome them? Maybe just some quick learning points. Yeah, for sure.
0: Oh man, there's. So, well, I mean, there's lots of little ones. You know, things like you know bugs that you should have caught, or you know, like where you just kind of kick yourself. When I, when I think of like a major, a major thing. So, a, a core function of our platform is the ability to view a PDF in, in your in your web browser. And one of the things that that was a big pain point is we started with this sort of free open source PDF viewer because that was you know that's what made sense where we were as a company. But over time, you know, it became Uh, clear that it wasn't the right solution it was too slow it was buggy we you know it was was sort of you know and then over time you're building on this sandy foundation and and you are realizing like it's not a great experience for people so it was this painful lesson where we had to spend like three months ripping out the core pdf viewer which is the main part of the application go find a vendor pay a lot of money to get a really good pdf viewer um, that can view a, That can show a ten thousand page PDF without a problem. And yeah, it took months. And so it wasn't a failure. It was just. It was really like, yeah, of course, if we were to do it again, we would have started that way. But that's that's part of the learning curve. You, you don't know these things you know until you get along
1: that way. Yeah, like, like you're going down one path and then you hit like a roadblock and it's like a fork in the road. I'm like, all right, maybe I'll go, I'm going to go right. Is that the right choice? But who cares? We're going to figure it out. Keep going. going.
0: It's twenty twenty, right? So yeah, (laughs) obviously to do it again, that's the way we would have done it. But I think with a lot of tech, that something to that degree happens. I don't know who who to quote, but they said eventually you will have to rebuild. So it's it's some aspect where you like you go way down one road and you say we got to start over, and it's not start over, but a major refactor, a major change, and it's going to be painful, but we got to do it. And so the sooner you do it, the better. Yeah, for us, it was three or four months. It meant no cool new features for three months. It was just heads down, uh, get it done. But, you know, we're a lot better off for it.
1: Nice. And then how long from the time you guys had the idea and tested it and were like, okay, this is good. This software will be the solution. How long from that time to actually creating the software and getting it out to the market? I'd say it was about five months five months nice so yeah. you had to go and find some, like a software developer to be able to just implement everything you guys have been thinking about really
0: yeah so antonio our chief technical officer and he's he's you know our you know my partner he did a lot of the building up front he got some of his his you know friends in his network to, to help out we paid them but uh, mostly it was it was him. It was so much foundational work that it was hard to split up into a team of ten. You just kind of can't do it. So yeah, he mostly did it all. Uh, that our, our minimum vo- minimum viable product we call it.
1: Nice. So like, what's the overall goal that you have for Paper Curve? Where do you see it going? I'd say it's it's hundreds of clients. You know, it might not be
0: hundreds. It's it's a pretty niche product. I'd say the bigger goal is bringing. You know, I came from banking. Right? Nobody tells, nobody teaches you how to use your online banking. There's not a tutorial or a you know, you know, go to a training course. So, bringing that enterprise, you know, enterprise software is the opposite. It's really hard to use. and It's cumbersome. So, the bigger goal is making sure the software is you know that consumer ease of use in enterprise software. There's no reason your work software has to suck. And so, I think that's the bigger goal. It's people people's lives being improved and having software that works for them. um, Not the other way around. Now it's not um, your boss saying you have to use this crappy software too bad. I I chose it. (laughs)
1: Like here, mine's way better. Check it out. (laughs) Definitely. So what is kind of coming up towards the end, but I kind of have a couple more questions too, but like what is one piece of advice or some sort of advice that you would give to other people in this industry? others whether they're startups business owners
0: the first is get your product out as as early as you can so i often see people try to you know bite off too much when they are doing their minimum viable product so your minimum viable product isn't the best product in the world it's just proving if you're right or wrong in your initial assumption right so a lot can happen from maybe that that initial boardroom thing where you map it out and maybe you prototype it well there's a big leap in risk going from that prototype that you test that does well to actually having a product and you know is your business model right like there's so many more unknowns right what's your sales cycle like are you targeting the right people so the sooner you can get out the, the better don't spend a year building a product i think even five months was longer than we had hoped antonio was working you know part-time that was part of it if he was working full-time that would have been faster i really think three months is um ideal break break cut your scope to three months. That's number one. You know, I've, I've built products in the past and even at the, the bank, we, we built a product in four months and um, you learn a lot more, right? So just, just keep cutting the scope to, to get it done as fast as possible. That, that's number one.
1: Awesome. I think it's cool that you have a background in product management because you are able to... You have your process of testing things and figuring out what needs to be done before you even start that. And I think that's very valuable because when it comes to time and money, and so I think that's a very valuable asset to have. Sure. You save a lot of money, not building stuff that uh, you don't need. People don't want. <laughs> nice. And so when you're first starting out and you're trying to get your product out there and get awareness around, not just your product, but your brand, right? Your company. Are you just leveraging your network and word of mouth, or are you doing any sort of marketing, creating content to drive awareness, get traffic?
0: Yeah, so as you know, I didn't have a network in life sciences, so I started it at zero. So I think the best advice I could give is look at companies or people that have the same customers as you. So for us, that was ad agencies that focused on healthcare. So they're part of, they're the type of people that are like creating a lot of the you know, ads and things like that that need to get approved. And they have the same pain with, with, you know, the client needs to approve it. There's all this feedback. But we wouldn't sell it to agencies. They don't have the budgets for it. Um, Really, the software sits on the client side. So we made partnerships early on with health-focused agencies. And we gave it to them for free. Uh, They gave us tons of feedback. And that was sort of our early adoption. Then, of course, they get... Over time, they get you know a customer that says, "Yeah, I'm having this problem." Oh, I love Paper Curve, and you know you, you get referrals that way. So that's been a really good way that we've had some customers use the software, be hands on with it, then then bring it in house to, to their organization. So the advice I can give is find people that have the same the same customers, but they're not you know your competitors. So for us, that was health health focused ad agencies. We've tried you know we hired the, the cold calling you know folks we've never got AdWords to work quite right. It's tough. Maybe we will one day, but it takes a while. It's not fast. Um, There's no guarantees, but we've got some really great relationships through that. We've got a lot of great product feedback on it as well. So that'd be the advice I'd
1: give. Awesome. So yeah, the feedback is really what allows you guys to optimize and just continually tweak. Because really at the end of the day, as long as you you have something valuable, then that, that should be enough to get people's attention. And then leveraging the relationships that you're building, whether it's through cold calling ads or your network or partnerships. So just testing all these different avenues.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Try them all. The cold calling didn't didn't work for us. The AdWords, we got a few demos, but, you know, not not a whole lot. So, but, you know, some people will have different experiences. So, you know, every every business is different.
1: Nice. So I kind of heard you mention like the sales cycle earlier. and like uh, What is that for you guys? Do people, are people allowed to, or are people able to just go directly to your website and purchase, or do they need to set up a meeting or schedule a demo?
0: We do a demo where we kind of go through it quickly. We don't say, yeah, just sign in, not even put in your credit card. It's, it's enterprise. It requires, I think a little bit of alignment across the team to say, Hey, Today we do this whole process over email. We're gonna move the whole thing to paper curve. You need to do like a 10-person Zoom meeting and get people on board and get comfortable. It is the sort of consensus building. Even if you could go in and just sign up, I don't think it'd be successful. So yeah, we do the, the demo. We usually try to get a bit of information before the demo. And then typically it still takes time. You need to, to build consensus, but you know, it's it's enterprise software. The, you know, that it's the size of the contract makes, makes it worth it worth the weight and the pain that goes into landing a sale.
1: Nice. Nice. So really just educating them before getting them comfortable. Just exactly. them into your way of thinking your software. It's awesome. So yeah, we're kind of at the end of the podcast and been talking about a lot of uh, strategic stuff, little, a lot of entrepreneurial stuff, but I kind of want to end on a little more lighter exercise Um, with something I call the rapid fire round. So I'm just going to ask you a couple questions and you just let me know whatever uh, you come up with. Okay. All right. question number one, what's your favorite book of all time?
0: Favorite book of all time. I'd say the book I said, Sprint because it changed, it changed my business, changed my life.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Who's the biggest influence in your life or career? My wife. Ah, okay. Shout out to your wife. And then what is one goal you want to accomplish this year? Be cash flow positive, make money, make $1 profit. <laughs> awesome. And then last one, what advice would you give to your 20 year old self? Don't be afraid to fail. That comes with experience. Awesome. Awesome. I think that's a great, great line to end on. <laughs> so yeah, Ryan, I just want to, Thank you again for jumping on and just kind of sharing your story and sharing what you're doing over at Paper Curve and kind of going through the process of turning an idea into an opportunity and really doing your due diligence and creating a company and creating a product and service that people will actually want and learning how to get it out there, get feedback, make tweaks and optimize it so you can continually get better. Um, I know I found a lot of value in it and I know other people will as well. So yeah, just want to say thank you for that.
0: Thanks, Rodney. Glad to be here.
1: No problem. Um, before we go, though, where could people f- learn more about you and learn more about your company?
0: Yeah, so the company is Paper Curve. It's papercurve.com. Um, like paper, like a sheet of paper and curve, like a turn, uh, com. And uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, Ryan, but I'm
1: awesome. all one word. All right. I'll definitely be sure to include the links in the description. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for jumping on. Catch you guys next time. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for listening to today's episode of Health Tech Hustle with Rodney Hu, founder of 209 Digital. Tune in next week for another interview with an expert leader in digital health.